This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. I love that entire album so much, I didn't realize too, that I listened to it, I think, every day for about a year. Mm. The lyrics in the song were very resonated to what I was going through at the time. And then I, yeah, after about a year of listening to it, realized that, oh, that's why I'm so depressed. Because I'm listening to this song about breaking up. Yeah. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your hosts, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield. And Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're going to yeah, ask yeah. about that. Okay. <laughs> it's right. alive. I love it. A show right. called Y-Tune Shuffle. This is the last episode. Really? This is the last episode of season two. Two seasons. Wow. It is amazing. Uh, my name is Maggie Mayfield. I am your host. and my co-host. <laughs> Just <laughs> hang, so in, hang it in there. <laughs> You're hanging in there, David or Waterman. We don't call you a Hollywood secret weapon for nothing. Because I brought one of my big guns today. You did. I'm Hollywood secret weapon, Danny. You know this because I, I know everybody. Of course, we yes. know everybody. That's Maggie, true. you know, that's but, true. But I'm the one who really put the the legwork in. Well, I'm honored to be on the last show of the second season. That's which it. Is yeah, a cliff a cliffhanger, right? It is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And the so. new voice you're hearing is Danny Vermont, and we call writer. Comedian, all around do gooder. Yes, <laughs> yes, do gooder, <laughs> gooder indeed. Do-gooder. Nice guy. Yeah, you know, you meet people in this business and any business, I'm sure, but in Hollywood and entertainment, you know, it's kind of a a special thing in the United States. It's it's the royalty kind of thing. That's what people always kind of turn to. And Danny's a mensch. Lovely Danny, guy. Well, David was bragging much. about how he's followed your career from the very beginning. Do you remember I, meeting David? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I. I'll tell you exactly what it is, David. Tell me, Vermont. do you remember the very first time we met? Yeah, Matt? yeah. We met in the Towers with my friend Terry Goldman and Liz Mavian, who were dear friends with David Juskow and okay. you. Okay, all right. And uh, David uh, Juskow. It's, you, it's you, starting to come back a little bit. I mean, bit. why yes. would you? I was a townie. So you were Ithaca, from New York. Ithaca, and uh, I went to Ithaca College. Correct. I'm a townie from Ithaca. You're That's right. An alumni. And we were on the radio, and we uh, and we had a little TV show. You and David Juskow. TV show and radio, WICB. And, and yeah. a whole bunch of people who went on to become like late night comedy writers yeah. and and other things, actors, and a little bit of everything and, and in that group. Danny, you know, we're around the same age, you know, <clears throat> I think exactly probably the same age, but, uh, you know, you and David Juskow were huge influences because my brother Danny and I, right, and our friend Vicky Wysocki and our buddy Tim Daly, and, you know, would tune in and like, these guys at ICB, these guys are nuts. Wow. Two years later, I'm in a relationship with a woman living in the towers, and I meet them in real life, and you drink at the haunt. I was a bartender right. at the haunt. Oh, yes. 114 West Green Street, live music club. And we saw every everyone came through the haunt. Chili Peppers, Urban Blight. Just re- Several times a year, year they would come by. Yeah. Wow. And, and it was then, this little tiny hole in the wall. It, it was awesome. It would be 10 years later that we would reunite through other sort of uh, you know folks in comedy and writing. You mean writing. Facebook? No, oh, this no. was <laughs> no. Believe it or not, nobody even had cell phones. There was oh a, there was an Ithaca time period where we were all up in Ithaca yeah. in the I guess in the in the middle eighties, and then I went to New York, and I guess a lot of people also went to New York. There was a and big, Boston and Boston. There was yeah, a, yeah, there, yeah. So, so there was yeah, like Weber went to Boston, mm-hmm. and then eventually came down to New York. So uh, 
Yeah. And you hang out and then, and this is, you know, this is kind of the end result of, of hanging it in there. You know, yeah. Maggie Mayfield came into my life when I went to go, you know, audition for a sketch comedy show like you do in the beginning of your career. Sure. Out sure. of the paper. Yeah. And look where we you know, now we're doing the nice podcast. And This is awesome. This is yeah. a great podcast. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Thank cool. you. Well, I'm excited because you have quite a, a list of people that I admire in my field of radio that you've worked with. So I'm excited oh, to hear like your music and how it kind of all relates. So if you don't mind, can we just dig right into song number, number one? one? Yeah, here all we right, go. Danny Vermont's it. number one. All right. And thank you. Okay. Talking to myself again, wondering if this traveling is good. Is there something better to win we'd be doing if we could? And know the stories we could tell And if this all blows up and goes to hell I can still see us sitting on a bed in some hotel huh. Listening to the stories we could tell I've never heard this in my life. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's written by John Sebastian. But it's covered by Tom Petty, hmm. and Tom Petty was the last concert I saw, oh. and it was just... At the, at the Bowl? At the Hollywood oh, Bowl, and yeah. it was just weeks ago, and he died a, a little bit afterwards. But this is kind of, you know, I love this cover, and it's the, it's the story. Why do we do it? For the stories that we could tell. And it's the same thing with comedy, or if you're an actor, it's we do it for the stories we could tell. Right. And it's like real simple. I could j- still see us sitting on a bed in some motel. Great line. Listening Great to line. the stories we could tell. And that's the, that's the whole song. There were many petty, I wanted to put a petty, I had to put a petty song on here. Mm-hmm. And so many crossed my mind. But this is the one that, it's not even his song. And that's why I also love petties. They were a good cover band, too. If they wanted to do somebody else, they liked playing music. Mm-hmm. They liked playing this song. So that one I really love, yeah. Do you remember the first time you heard the song? Uh, I definitely got turned on to it uh, in the past couple of years. It's on a, it's on a live anthology, mm-hmm. and it may be on the re-release where they threw on this extra one. And I know I played that in my car for a couple months straight just – over and over again. And I get, I'm not sure, that might be a studio version that they cut of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's still awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think last year, they, I do that. I get on a song and I will play it in my car over and over yes. again. And <clears throat> I've also, in my old age, I've uh, gotten <laughs> into the ukulele a little bit. Oh, really? And, well, George Harrison was like a, kind of inspired me to play the ukulele. So I picked one up about 10 years ago. They've kind of gotten popular mm-hmm. now. They, mm-hmm. You know, the, like uh, the younger kids are playing the ukes again. And Absolutely. They're very, they're very big on the internet and stuff. They're cheap and they're really easy to play. Mm-hmm. But they're a million laughs and, mm-hmm. and fun to play. So. The stories, we do it for the stories we can tell. Is there one that comes to mind where you're like, I shouldn't do this, but it's going to be really great to tell someday <laughs> down the road? Most of them. 
<laughs> most of the gigs are much better as a story later oh, than, yeah. than in practice. So we'll see. I'm excited. I got three gigs this week. I'm excited about them. But, you know, the story uh-huh. will be better than the gig itself. And even the bad gig is always a great story. And you're talking about stand-up comedy? Stand-up comedy. That's I started doing stand, you know, started out in stand-up. Well, you know, we we were at this college. We were doing radio and television. But then I went to New York and I got into stand-up. Some of the guys and gals got into improv. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more of a straight stand-up, and I did that for a very long time. Please tell me the story of your first open mic. I would love to hear it if you remember it. Oh uh, well, my my first thing is is so weird because I <laughs> <laughs> because I lived I grew up in a outside of New York City, and mm-hmm. so I decided, well, I'm going to go to the open, the only open mic that I knew of, which was the Improv in oh, New wow. York City. Yeah. So the very first time I got on, you know, stage at an open mic was at the Improv, you know, the original No big deal, improv. no pressure. And, you know, it was very, you know, I was terrible. I had no material. I was like 17 years old. Wow. But, yeah. But I mean, you know, this was, I dabbled with it for a long, you know, mm-hmm. that's the first time I started fooling around with it at, at a very young age. So, but that, you know, and then I did that and that led me into television and then I got into television writing. And then once you do, once you get into television writing, they should kind of tell you this at the airport. They should let stand-ups know. They, there should be a attention. sign. Yeah, attention. It should be out with the, the white, loan, white zone. It should be like, uh, stand-up comics. Uh, Keep your eye on the banks. Yes. You, uh, your first, yeah, you will have two weeks of guest spots and then no more spots for the rest of your career. And, you know, that type of thing. And Or you're going to get these jobs. You're going to work late hours. You're going to make good money. You're going to get fat. You're going to get pale. <laughs> you're you're going to get too lazy to go out and chase down a set at... Hallorans or whatever, you know, <laughs> for four people. So, you know, that's what happens. And also, L.A.'s a different town. It's just New York, the comedy goes from 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. there's like about 20 little clubs that you can get to and like play. Like walk to. And, yeah, and, yeah, and take taxis to. And here is just not like that. Yeah. There's a very – all there's three big clubs, the, the – the Ice House in Pasadena is a great club too, but they all have a very sh- the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Very, it's very little stage time mm-hmm. out here and stuff. So, but anyway, but I like it. I live here now. I'm going to go back to New York for a couple days around Christmas, but I, I, I'm here now. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think I could live that kind of life anymore. It's very rough in New York. Oh, me neither. Me when neither. you're young. It's great. I, Maggie it's might exciting. end up there. Maggie's going to be huge. And you'll probably have to do your time. It's because I'll be a TV writer and I'll work late hours and I'll get really fat. No, you'll be, <laughs> you'll, 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 among other things, hosting this show. You'll have your TV deal. And uh, yeah, I, but I couldn't, I couldn't go back. Outside New York, so was, you had the, you know, you, you went into the city and you got, you got your feet wet and got involved. Whereabouts outside the city? I grew up in a town called Peekskill. 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 Sure. They call it, gar- the place where I grew up, they call it Garrison now. They, okay. They rearranged the things. Yeah, right in the My, Hudson. It's, yeah, it was by the Hudson. It was very nice. It was rural suburbia, very, you know, it was a dirt road when I was very young. Were you and- into petty back then? Like in high school? No, nah, you know, the I, the first time I started playing Petty was at WICB. In okay, Ithaca, yeah, that Because he was sense. part of our thing. And I used to 
we had that Damn the Torpedoes album, and I used to play Here mm-hmm. Comes My Girl uh, mm-hmm. on that one. I love that song a lot. My, this my Y-Tunes connection here with Danny's first pick. Um, of course I was aware of Tom Petty. There's just so much access, and, and heavy metal kind of really was the direction I went into. And I saw him at the Arroyo, at the Arroyo Fest. Right. Before oh, concert. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, I was there with a dear friend, and we were outdoors. And, and you know, there are some people that, you know, kind of would wish the audience wouldn't sing along to a concert, and then there are others that get into it. I happen to be one that we get to sing with this guy. We're like, you know, and it's, oh, it, he's yeah. so loud. It's so loud. It, the, the, I've never heard the audience drown anybody out. But it wasn't until that very moment at age 53 that, that I fully appreciated and was so thankful for the words, the songs. And, and my, my, my diary, my journal began to formulate in my head. And here comes my girl. And just all Unbelievable. Free Fallen. Oh, my God, I got a, I got a, a relationship that's Free Fallen is a story of it. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I saw him a whole bunch of times. I got to see him a couple times with Mud Crutch. <laughs> which was the first band that he did. I got to see him at the Troubadour. I was really so close oh, to him good. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, just a great songwriter. He also had the Wilburys, and he mm-hmm. collaborated with like everybody. And Roy Orbison. And he released, yeah, he wrote songs for other people, and he released singles that you forget were like mm-hmm. big hit songs that aren't even on albums. So, I mean, yeah, Petty was just gigantic, but he was a very cool guy he was funny mm-hmm. you know there's a great interview on youtube of him and uh gary shandling it's about 20 minutes long as part of shandling's box set for his larry sanders show and jerry's jerry seinfeld's inspiration for comedians and cars so oh, wow. and it's and the two of them are oh. old friends and he was on the larry sanders show he was also on the it's gary shandling show because they they were neighbors and old friends and stuff so this is and you know he was just a really cool guy who was very funny and also had really cool funny friends and they were like the wilburys project was just they were all hanging out so they were like why don't we write a song every day and make an album did you have did you have friends like that in high school i mean what was your gig like when you were i had a very (laughs) good friend in high school who I first started doing stand-up comedy with as a team, and his name is John Morigello. He's a playwright now, oh. and we hung out last year around this time. He had a play uh, going in town, and I went to see it, and it was awesome. And we used to go play the little clubs around here, and we had this, like, you know, uh, this act where it was a team thing. And, you know, it's hard when mm-hmm. you're a team. You, you talk one talks, the other talks. If you say something at the same time, the audience laughs. You mm-hmm. learn that one pretty easy. <laughs> Oh, oh that's, that's that's scripted? I didn't know that. <laughs> Two, just three, four. But we did things like song parodies. We were like 19 years old. We How'd were you doing, meet? How'd you meet? We were in high school. So, and we started writing these little like sketch shows that we would put on. Of course. And then we developed that into – I was the one who like – I was going to the club. So we went to Catch a Rising Star in New York and waited wow. on line all day long. Oh, cool. And stood out in the, in, the, in the winter and stuff like that. And Rodney Dangerfield walked by who Whoa. lived in the neighborhood yeah, and, yeah. and was like – and we're like kids, and he's like, "Oh, you guys want to be comics?" And we're like, "Yeah!" And he's like, "Why?" You know. <laughs> but it was like, you know, it was classic. Oh, but yeah, we gosh. waited for eight hours in the snow to get a number just to go on, and they actually liked us and let us come back a little bit. And so we would, we both went off to college. But a couple summers in '84 and '85, we came out here and we worked at the Laugh Factory when it was just this little, little one room mm-hmm. thing be, before it was this 
big giant thing. It was mostly green blats, and it was like oh, yeah. just a yeah one thing, and and a whole bunch of other little rooms that were fun to do and stuff. So uh, cool. yeah, no, I I've I, I I got the bug. I still do it. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know why I still do it. You're like George Burns, starting really really young, going into it. I don't know. Hopefully I you just, live to 100. I just always wanted to do it, and. I even wrote letters to – I wrote a letter to Joe Piscopo when I was like – Joe Piscopo. Because he was on Saturday Night Live and it was terrible. And he actually wrote back because he was wow. like, nobody nice. ever writes us. Thank you so oh, much. How nice. That is cool. And he, but he was like, you need to go to college mm-hmm. and get four years of school. So that led me to Ithaca. Yeah, I was into it at a young age. Joe Piscopo influenced Danny Vermont to go to Ithaca College. That's really cool. That's really cool. True story. That's Pivotal true moment. Story. Because then you two met? And now we're here. We, we, yeah, we, we met but didn't really get to know each other until like freaking 15 years after Yeah, college. much later. You I know? guess not until really L.A. Because my girlfriend loved you and Jessica. You guys were That's kind right. of a, a, a bit of a thing up in, at IC. You we know? were you, like you were wild yes. men and in, amongst the townies. Like, who are these guys? Well, we had like – it was on public access. So the yeah. college show that we did also, it was on public access. But we would – we figured out that the – Everyone had the same cable. It was the very beginnings of cable. Mm-hmm. So one remote worked on everybody's cable box. So oh. we would go downtown to the bar with our own remote control. I didn't know that. I didn't know show. that. We used to turn on the show. In the I class. didn't know that. And then be like, oh. They're gangsters. Oh, we're on Just a real gangster. He's a numbers runner, like right? Just guy was really a numbers runner. And he, he, he gangsterized this peak skill kid. Yeah. Fucking <clears throat> crazy, man. That's wow. so funny. Oh, yeah. We used to do that. You didn't know about my show? Here, let me turn it on for oh, you. Yeah, we should, uh, <laughs> that's, that's so great. I love that. Oh, man. All right. Song number two. Give me that plenty of that guitar. Traveling on the boat and the plane in the car on the bike with the bus on the train. Traveling there, traveling here, everywhere, in every gear. But all along, we pay the price with the spin of a wheel with the roll of the dice. Ah, yeah, you pay a fare, and if you don't know where you're going, anyone will take you there. Can I just say that the first comment on this YouTube video? Is what? It says George is the only person that could rock so many different haircuts. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And out of all the Beatles, he had the best pants. Look, look, look yeah. I'm true. I'm right about that. Look, look that one up. Look that one up. That's so funny. Well, I'm. I had to have some Beatles on because you know the Beatles were very, very big. At, even when I. You know, I was born in 1965, mm-hmm. and like we listened to ABC mm-hmm. radio, which was all, all all Beatles all the time. AM or FM? AM radio. Yeah, it was AM. A- it's yeah. AM W-A-B-C. radio yeah. back then, yeah. and um, so that was very very big. And you know, you go through your phases with all the Beatles because like Paul's kind of the gateway Beatle. Mm-hmm. Like that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the one that gets oh you, that gets you hooked, yeah. you know. And then usually you're like, oh, John's. Really awesome, and then, but then later you're like, oh, actually, George is the coolest of them all. They're all great in their because own ways. Because of his pants <laughs> <laughs> and haircuts. Because of his pants and his haircuts. But he was badass. His he ukulele. Was, he, he was. Yeah. He was badass. Yeah. And this song has a lot of ukulele in it. But also, 
he, uh, you know, I don't want to speak ill of the other Beatles, but like George was really the spiritual one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like John went through a lot of phases Mm -hmm. in the 70s where he went from this to that. And then in the end said, I don't believe in any of it, you know, but George really was the spiritual guy who, you know, and this is just such a George song, you know. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Mm. And like, that's great. It it is great. And I wish, you know, that like in terms of my career, that has been my career. Yeah. Did I spin my wheels and do some things I shouldn't have? Yes, definitely. (laughs) But, you know, that was part of it. I wanted that experience and I wanted to, you know, I prop. Yeah. The story. Yeah, it was for the story. The same. It's the theme. What kind of imagination did you have in middle school or high school? Were you a guy that a kid that like would be alone or be, you know like where where was your head at? Can you remember the way oh, you dressed? I, and I was always in my head. I was always in my head, and I was very shy for a very for a very very long really? time. That's true. That's true. And I was very quiet when I was very little. I was like really really shy. I don't know why. You know, in fact, the comedy thing was might be something I had to do a radio, you know, it was mm-hmm. like a thing to do to like I had trouble reading, too. But when I started doing radio, you had to read. You have to read. Yeah. So you, I learned how to read, you know, brothers, sisters. I got a, a sister uh, who I just hung out with last night. We went to see Hamilton. She lives oh, nice. in the neighborhood. I just got to meet her at now. Chuck Sklar's party. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where right. we booked the show. Ah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Chuck was on a couple of weeks ago. Oh well, that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So um, it's just you and your sister. I have some stepbrother. I have a stepbrother and some stepsisters too. The all American family. Oh, like, oh yeah. Like nine nine out of ten guests, and myself included. And oh yeah, you know, divorce and steps. And oh, my mom was divorced very young, like much much earlier than everyone else. Like my way before everyone was divorced. By the time my mom remarried, then everyone else divorced, and it was mm-hmm. kind of like. I've uh, been there, done that. So, <laughs> yeah. Easy, guys. <laughs> but um, what did she do? What, what my did mom she... was a teacher. Okay. So she's still around, though. She's still she's still kicking. She's retired. High school, now. college? No, she taught like the third grade. Oh, cool! It's, oh my god, third and grade teachers second, are amazing. Second grade, <laughs> I, and also like she taught some kids that were at risk. They, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time oh. when. You know, a lot of kids were dyslexic before they figured out what dyslexia, you know, before they had ADD and dyslexia. But a lot of them were dyslexic and they they had this program where it's like, well, let's uh, let's teach them. Let's teach it to them backwards. Wow. And they and it worked. So she just learned everything. back, And they she would had a, a class of these at risk kids and they were not not slow, but they were. They had learning disabilities, yeah. exactly but they weren't yeah. they weren't hopeless. You know, they were at risk. But they just needed someone to get through to them. Can so, you imagine in this day and age to propose that to a school board? Well, we're going to try to teach them everything backwards. Like in, in this yeah. culture today, I just don't think it's the That's same as it was in the 70s. No student right. left behind kind of. Yeah, it's like the standardized test will be the way that we'll teach everybody. Yeah. Now. Right. <laughs> I don't want their school. So did she ever, were you guys in the same school? No, no. She was in the neighboring district. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been mine, Dave. Did mine go off? Oh, that was yours. That was mine. Oh, oh, sorry, okay. cell phone interruption. Isn't that funny? I got a new cell phone. That sucks. Sorry, Danny. Congratulations. Oh, that's great. Do you like it? No. You'll I, get I, you'll I, get used I'll, to I'll it. I'll get used to it. You need to go to the Apple store and, and talk to the kids. I've aged out. And tell them. Yeah, seven years ago when I bought my first Mac, I was I was like welcomed. But now it's kind of like, we'll be with you in a minute, sir. You know, you have to make an appointment. Yeah, you, you have make to. A, you make an appointment. Mm-hmm. What's an appointment? 
It's it? the genius. It's not a good bar. No. The genius bar. <laughs> the genius bar. You know. <laughs> wow. That, I'm so. sorry. Where were we? Where did I? George Harrison, middle school. Mom was a teacher. So, yeah, George and, you know, the Beatles are great. So I just love this one because it kind of sticks with that that one. And this was George's last album. Mm. And he also was good friends with Petty, Tom Petty. Oh, interesting. They, they were buddies. Was he in the Wilburys? George yeah. Harrison? Yeah, he was. Petty was the bass player of the Wilburys. <laughs> and you, did you see the Traveling Wilburys? Live? No, I did not. We could have. That was during the IC years when they got together, right? I don't think they performed live. No? Oh, okay. But, you know, I did see a lot of good stuff at IC. Uh, there's somebody on the list that I didn't, that who played IC the year before I got there. So maybe you saw him at the State Theater in 1982, Warren Zevon. Oh, I nice. did not see Warren Zevon in right. I saw Muddy Waters. And eighty, I saw a lot of good, great stuff there, and yeah. a lot of a lot of great music State at Theater. the Haunt. So you were a bartender at the Haunt. Yeah, too? you remember that Gary Bucci, Jay? Do you remember? You know, Jay? I don't remember that much from the Haunt. That was like when we first started. <laughs> in the alley, man. Oh, we my started God. doing. You know, that was when you're yeah. when you first start experimenting with alcohol and stuff uh-huh. like that when you're young, and also. You weigh like 160 pounds in college. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, we used to pitcher night Wednesday nights. Oh yeah, we used to do. <laughs> Shotgun our beers, which is, you know, you oh, poke yeah. a hole in it and rip it up. and God, those South Hill, man. Those were good days. And we also did some tripping on mushrooms mm-hmm. in Ithaca, which was a lot of fun. Do you, do you ever go back to Ithaca? Would you ever want to go back there? I'd love to go back to Ithaca. Some of the uh, Nothing Special, that was the TV show. Get, nothing Special. That's the the Nothing Special. Through a, a, a little gathering a couple of years ago, but I just couldn't. It was too far for me to go to get to get there and get back to L.A. I couldn't do it. But, yeah, I'd love to get back there. I think I went, you know, once after college, I, I, you know, I, I went back a few times after college. And then, I don't know, maybe four or five years after. You got to go to Ithaca sometime, Maggie. It's a, it's beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. place. Yeah. I'll wait till June. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when it's warm. Mm-hmm. warm. And then with this little TV show that we had, we used to also – use Cornell University as our, like, backdrop because it was like our back lot. We would just run in and just film something, and and we'd have a thing where it'd be like something like, yeah, we filled out the paperwork last Thursday, which means – we don't have any paperwork. Let's yeah. get this. We have to get it in one take. Not and, today. The the, yeah. the security box is all over yeah. East Hill. Oh no, we oh, wouldn't no. be allowed on the uh, campus. Yeah, it's, now. it's it's a gulag. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but God. oh no. In fact, we did one where we had a sketch. It was outside of a wedding, and as we were shooting this, it was outside of a church. A wedding broke out of the church, and Whoa. the bride and, and like it was part of our shot. It actually worked great. That's amazing. But it was one of those strange things where it was a just a real nothing oops. special. Yeah. The nothing special. Wow. The nothing special. And that was the TV show. That was the TV show, <laughs> which uh, again a lot of really good people, but and a lot of talent. But we, the technology back then, was we had. <laughs> We were, you know, shooting it on three-quarter inch video. Three-quarter inch. And the audio was always horrible with pissing. And yeah, that's right. It was just really, the quality was not there. I mean, like now you could shoot a better show with your phone. But totally. we, we were using the best equipment that we had back then. Well, look where you are now. Yeah, everybody. Made, uh, I every- can't wait to say that. Oh, the, the equipment was so old. My <laughs> terrible iPhone 8. It was <laughs> awful. <laughs> I had to go to an Apple. I had to go to a store to talk to somebody. <laughs> we had to like 
have Bluetooth microphones. It was awful. I'll stop talking now. No, no, Song no. Song number three. Song number three. <laughs> David is going crazy. Oh, this takes me back. <laughs> Get it! I feel a hot wind on my shoulder And the touch of the world that is older I turn the switch and check the number I leave it on when in bed I slumber I hear the rhythms of the music About the product that you know this? Let me hear them chorus. I might. Yes. No idea what Mexico even was when I heard this. <laughs> Good pick. Well, this is straight out of. I tried to think of what is the one WICB tune that you know, and there were so many. There were the replacements we used to play a lot, and Bruce Coburn and. Husker Du, everybody, and um, Elvis Costello and Petty and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Mexican radio. Also, my musical tastes when I got to Ithaca were rather poppy. You know, like I listened to the Beatles. I liked Billy Joel. I was from, you know, the place where everyone likes Billy Joel. And, you know, and so when I got to Ithaca, it was like, Oh, and that was, I remember hearing this and being like, okay, I like this new wave. I think they called it new, new wave. wave. Uh-huh. New wave. They called it new wave. And because at first I'm like, new wave? Wait a second. I like rock and roll. I don't know about new wave. And, you know, and even when I did DJ at the, at ICB, which was the new wave station, I used to always be like, I'd be like, oh, pretenders. I would go for the more rocky stuff as opposed to like, you know, the, Stuff from England, Flock of Seagull. You know, like I would, uh-huh. even though you were supposed to do it all. Mm-hmm. But I remember that was one where I was like, okay, this is, I can see myself getting into that. And it just was made of weird sounds and they were playing it all on synthesizers and tiny instruments. Tiny instruments <laughs> and making funny music. And, and at the end, Olio, Mexico, Olio, right? You know, they threw that in. So that, that was good. And who else was a great one in Blotto? Do you remember Blotto? And they used to do this song, I Want to Be a Lifeguard. It was kind of almost... Oh, I do remember Life. It was remember, kind yeah. of almost a novelty type mm-hmm. song. But I think they were an upstate New York band, hmm. too. M- maybe. I, it's just... Hard to remember. Yeah. I, I'm not an expert at all. I mean, to do a music show, for me to be doing a music show is almost like ridiculous because I just pick it up. It's just... I, I have that immediate gratification... And then that that euphoric recallers. I don't know the specifics about anything really musically. Well, you know that that's the thing about radio. One year, one summer, they hired a bunch of like six of us to run the station, and you know paid us because it was a professional station. They had underwriting and mm-hmm. and you know it was run run by college students. But over the summer, they hired six of us: Weber, myself, Mike Sauter, this guy, brother Mike, uh, brother Mike, uh, remember brother Mike Cohen? <laughs> yeah. I ran into I run into but him. He went. I had a big career, right? I mean, he, did he, he went on to the radio. I, I'm on, in touch with him on Facebook, and let I run into him every few years. I run into him, and we do this same thing every single time, which is 
we don't talk. We'd be like, hey, good to see you. And we walk away. Really? Yeah, because it's hilarious to us. We okay. think that's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> haven't seen the it. The blow off, the brush off. And then we, we, we say hello, but we blow each other off. And so the last time... <laughs> Because <laughs> I run into him, I, I I ran into him at a Dylan concert. Another guy I wanted to get on the list, but I you know I couldn't find you know couldn't get him in the top five. But um, but yeah, so we all hung out this summer, and we we were on radio all summer. So we had to do all the shows, and there was a classical show, and there was a Beatles show, and it was funny because you and a jazz show, and I didn't know anything about this stuff, but. Mm-hmm. If you you know we had a collection. If you just start pulling stuff down and putting it on, it's yeah. like, hey, this is this is not bad. Yeah, you know, I would fall asleep during the classical show all the time because well, it was on six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. on a Sunday. You know, and I, I've had many experience, many, 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 like uh, many me experiences where I, I, I get absorbed <laughs> into some kind of a thing musically. But Y Tune Shuffle is my musical education. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it Same really, here. and that's what's so great about it. You know, it's because I, I, we, you're the teacher at this point. Yeah, and and I like I like the uh, you know YouTube and the internet because it's really great. You can just I, there's this site I found called setlist.fm where you can just go find the set list of I find you know of anyone that if you're going to go see them and they, yeah. what they played the night before the yeah. night before cool. that see if they're sticking with the list or changing it up. Yeah, and but I I looked up old shows and stuff because I was thinking it would be great to write down to get a copy of like all the shows, all the concerts I've ever gone to. Cause I've gone to some crazy shows over the years. I remember once I went from New York city to JFK stadium for the, uh, it was the amnesty international tour and it was Bruce Springsteen sting, wow. Peter Gabriel and wow. Tracy Chapman. It was really oh, quite, wow. quite a great show, but I was young and poor and I had friends who were there who, who I had to, I only had enough money to get there and run into my friends and get a ride back to New York, and I did that. Yeah. But I ran into my friends at JFK Stadium, which is like a 90,000-seat stadium. So, like... I, I really went for broke on it, but it was great, it was a great great and show. And you could get that set list, and you could. You... I don't know if they have that one, but I found some old ones. Like I think I found that Warren Zevon from uh, the State Theater, in from Ithaca. the State Theater Whoa. in Ithaca. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So this brings you back to college. A lot of this does. Yeah, it keeps coming coming back to college. I, I keep thinking, does Stuart Cope who, who's who does Mexican radio? That was Wall of Voodoo. No, it's Wall of Voodoo. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I guess Stan Ridgeway became oh, like okay. soloed out afterwards. Yeah, and stuff. And and we used to play him. We used to play this song called Camouflage. Was that Stan Ridgeway? I, I I I'm clueless. It's hard to it. You know what I love about hearing Mexican radio now is like we live near the border of Mexico and we're so influenced with Mexican culture. And when I first heard this song, I was at a frat party, likely, or at the haunt, <laughs> wasted. Sure. Yeah. You know, this has a great sound. I'm on Mexican. Not you know, and, and now yeah, having just grown weird... into that whole thing, there's more. You know, Tijuana, I know. I've been there now. So it's it, it grows on you. It's grown. And I think Petty has one on his uh, album, Last DJ, which is kind of like a theme album about kind of where he laments you know, the passing of the old radio with the old mm-hmm. DJ who used to play stuff and, you know, but, but he like, talks yeah. about this one DJ who's got a state, he got a station in Mexico and sometimes I can kind of get it, you know, get sometimes skip. it kind of comes in, you know, yeah. and that was the other thing. Radio was big 
Because when you're when we were young, there really wasn't much else. You had TV was like three or four channels. Yep, yep. And then we lived in a valley, so we could only get we couldn't get like ABC. I I didn't watch Happy Days until it was in syndication. That's terrible. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's, <laughs> wasn't so bad. No. <laughs> um, but so you, when you'd listen to the radio at night, like sometimes you'd get like Doctor Demento or whatever, uh-huh. and it'd be like, "What the hell is this? This yeah. is a little dirty and weird." Okay, that's strange, <laughs> you know. Or you know, you'd get some strange, you know, some weird stuff. Um, anyway, oh yeah, I mean, I would ride to school with my dad in our old Ford Maverick, and uh, I think every day for a whole year, someone's knocking at the door. Oh yeah, somebody's ringing the bell. It was like oh, yeah. on the playlist for a whole year at WTKL oh, yeah. Radio. Yeah, just. Uh, Oh, TKO. Yeah. I worked at TKO for like three seconds. Like I That was fast. For we we were all it was that summer we were all working yeah. at ICB. <clears throat> so I took a everyone else was doing it. Mm-hmm. Like Sauter got a job at Q one oh four. I worked something. at Q one oh four. And so I yeah. I went there and they just put me on the overnight, which was Larry King, the Larry King show. So you just played it. Wait, was it a record or was it a tape? No, it was a ta- it was a tape or you switched the button, but you would have to come on it and be like WICB Ithaca. No, I mean WTKO Ithaca. W, yeah, I was at, when I was at Q104, we did a show called Reeling in the Years. And yes. That was a, and and right. that came on LPs. That's I, right. I had to actually put it on the turntable, and then I was a mess. I mean, I can't wait tables or run a board. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you can. I got to apply myself. I'm in school now. <laughs> yeah. Getting smarter by the moment. Mm. You got this. David's going through finals, by the way. Mm. Thank you, Maggie. All right, you've brought this name up several times, so I'm excited to hear song number four. Yes. So far. Well, there, it was really hard to pick one. So I wanted to to do a Warren song again. There is also a little theme of like, you know, you people pass away, and it's it's sad, but it's it's great that they they live on because their music is still here. Like I mean, and, and Warren is one who 
I, you know, I, I saw him once live as part of a benefit for some other people, and he was also on Larry Sanders' show, and he was on Letterman a lot. Letterman yeah. was a oh, very big yeah. fan of his, and he was on Letterman all the time. And, you know, he had four giant... Linda Ronstadt recorded four songs of his that were giant hits in the 70s and stuff like that. So, and, you know, he had some hit songs and stuff like that, but it was much, it was later I was like, oh, wow, this guy was, I wish I could have, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's okay because the music is still here. Just like with all these guys, Petty, George, there's, believe me, there's so many Petty, I'm sure, you know, there's a Bogdanovich documentary on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's four hours. And that was just the first 30 years of the band. There was another 10 years. But it's, a, it's totally worth watching it. Definitely. And it's not – and when you say, oh, it's four hours, it's got to be long. No, it's, it's just right. Mm. It, you know, take a break, watch half, mm-hmm. relax a little bit, watch the other half. But, uh, yeah, so that was just another one. And he was in my car radio for a very long time. And in that one, this song has everything because it's, you know, it's – the mystics and statistics. He was really a great poet. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one has, it ends in a chant where it's like, look away down Gower Avenue. And one day I happened to be playing it <sighs> and then driving and then I was on Gower. And I was like, okay, well, this is beautiful. Yeah. So, and LA is a weird place. <laughs> and and he's, he talked yeah. about like, LA can be this, is a sunny, beautiful place, but it can be a dark, ugly place. And he Ooh. sings about that a lot, you know, because that hotel that he's talking about, this was at a period of his life where he was, you know, hit, hitting the skids and hitting the bottle. It's he, the Hawaiian hotel that he called. He called the Hollywood Hawaiian. The Hollywood. Where is that? It's, it's up by. Been it's, it's up by Yucca. It's up at, that way. I don't know if it's still there, but this was the rundown that hotel then. Like he, he, he got. You know, he was married. He got separated or divorced. You know, kicked mm-hmm. out of his wife. He was at the nice hotel, living it up. And then that fell through, and then he then he ended up at the Hollywood Hawaiian Bukowski's Hotel. area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Warren did all that stuff, and even will you know talk about you know the live album that he doesn't remember making. You know, hmm. so what was your darkest time in L.A.? In L.A., Oof. I've had a lot of dark times in L.A. Pray tell. Well, you know, LA's a LA's a dark place. LA's a <laughs> yeah, baby. LA's LA can be uh it's a lonely town because you That's know, what it is, right? It's lonely. very it's, it's fucking very, lonely. It's very spread out and you know, I lived in the Hollywood Hills once like way 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 up in the hills. Like my out my window it looked like remember Johnny Carson? Dun, 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 like the valley yeah, that, yeah. With that's what I, that was my view, and I was way way up in the hills. And you know, you can get when you're all by yourself, all way up in the hills, and mm-hmm. isolate isolation. Isolation mm-hmm. is another one. So and, and it's incredible how much access there is to so many things, but it can be such a lonely place. This yeah, town. it's so overwhelming. I think because yeah. there are so many choices, and then you become overwhelmed with the. F- the FOMO, I call it, but it's a fear of missing out. You're like, I can't yeah. pick one thing, so I'm just going to miss all the things, and then you do nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, even, and I don't know if it's this song, but there's this other song where, you know, where Warren's singing about how how he drank up all the money with his phony Hollywood friends and stuff, because mm-hmm. his wife's an actress, and it's going to be okay. I hope you get the part, because yeah. I, I hope you got the part, because I drank up all the money with my phony Hollywood friends. So, yeah, and it's it's... It's also, L.A.'s 
a rough place because New York's a place New York's a rough place where they'll rob you. That type, you know, like it's rough that way. Well, not anymore, but when I was young. No, no, you're right. I, I, I they'll like somebody will actually. You kind of understand why it hurts. They'll hit, you know, like someone will hit <laughs> you or, or yell at you or something. Yeah. But in L.A., you you could get stabbed in the back and you don't even know it. And then you're walking down the street and you think everything's fine, and then you're like, wait, I'm dizzy. You know. <laughs> so yeah, so L.A. L.A. can be a very rough place, but again, it's not my home. So I feel more comfortable and protected in a place like New York. Um, but yeah, like can be a rough town. And if you throw in, you know, you throw in some things, some drinkables and drinkables, smokables, you can buy anything. If, yeah, you know, you know if you're so. a person like me, you like to eat it, smoke it, snort it, fuck it, you know, it's there in abundance, <laughs> you know, and uh, you can eat, in uh, L.A. or New York. Or in both. L.A. I mean, oh, definitely. In I, and like New York, New York, it, it's just it moves too quick to get caught. But there's enough downtime in L.A. to get into a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, potentially. But to yeah, take a- New York is like, you know, New York kind of takes care of you because you don't have to make plans. You just go someplace and you see some people and, you know, something happens and you have totally. a great time and you go home and you, you got That's taken right. care of. That's exactly right. Whereas here you really need to make plans because if you just – if you go out and be like, I'm just going to go to L.A. and – See what happens. <laughs> See what happens. That's that's not going to be nothing. Good. Nothing happens. No, nothing. Or all the bad things happen. Nothing good can. Where's come your favorite that. place you lived in L.A.? I think uh, the place I'm in right now is my in favorite. Silver Lake. In Silver Lake, it's, it's a- just a great neighborhood. There's a million comedians and writers. Mm-hmm. I have a great local bar restaurant that I hang out with at, at, at and I run into all kinds of comedians. Plug and it. Writers. What's the, which one? Oh, Cafe Stella. Ca- oh, Cafe Stella. Yeah. Have you been? Uh, no, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> love the way you do that <laughs> it's good oh it's great oh yeah i'm gathering my arsenal we can go so after that we can go after this if you like so. <laughs> oh we gotta make a plan i gotta, I gotta but, have uh, plans yeah um yeah i think fifth the, uh, my favorite place in la that i've lived in it was the fifth and main downtown in a mini loft the hotel Roslyn. Oh sure, sure. Yeah, my just, gym's down there. I go to the Los Angeles Athletic Club, so I like. That is a really wonderful place. I like that place a lot. <sighs> That's where you go work out. Yeah. Well, I You're swim. You're close enough. I swim. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it beautiful. For me. Beautiful pool, the terracotta. Sort it's of nice. Oh, it's a nice pool. I got a friend who does staycations down there. He lives in Bel Air, but he actually like does a staycation at the Los Angeles Athletic Club and just immerses himself in downtown. Those two years living downtown were definitely. Uh, that's where I'd like to get back to, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm cool right now, but my favorite place. Hey, you know, it's come a long way. I mean, have you been down there recently? I mean, it's there's a lot of. Yeah, I, I was. It's down nice there, now. It's, I was down there it's 2011 there. to 13. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. Like, I don't want to get into the controversy. It's like it's that's a good thing and a weird thing too because of the homeless situation. But, yeah, yeah but, um, I know. Let's not take it in that direction. Let's go into five. Okay. Song number five. Okay, summertime in Ithaca. Yeah, it comes. I like this, Maggie, I think. One talk over the line, sweet Jesus. My mama does. Sitting downtown in a railway station. One talk over the line. Waiting for the train that goes home, sweet Mary. The train is on time Sitting downtown in a railway station One toe over the line Ooh, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this one, one, it's just a great, great song. These guys were one-hit wonders. This is their only, it's Brewer and Shipley. They, it, this is from 1971. <laughs> and and I, I, I really don't think people knew what one toke over the line meant because they, they did this song on the Lawrence Welk show. With really? like two people singing it, because it's also got Jesus in it, and they don't know what who knows what toke means, you know. And in, there's well, now. <laughs> John John Denver. There's a live version of John Denver singing this song. And his, did he know what he was singing? Denver probably Hima. not. Probably not. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't think he he had he had Rocky Mountain High, but yeah. he was talking about being Magic, high yeah. off of yeah. you know the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is slow going. <laughs> what you want to do. It can happen, but, you know, yeah. we not, talk about not today's son. Overdose? Not today's And son. we're a week or so, a couple of weeks away from legal cannabis here. What a, you it's know, very exciting. From the Lawrence Welk Show, and not so, knowing what's yeah. going on. And, and, and that's something, I can't even believe that it's going to be legal. That is so, I, it's something that I never really thought. I've been smoking it a lot. I mean, I, did, I smoked a little bit in Ithaca, but it wasn't until I got to New York in my mid twenties, when I started, when I was like, "Oh, I need to have this every. I need to have my own bag. One, <laughs> I can't depend on. A, I, I need to have my own, and I need to smoke it every day because New York was just so fast and just <laughs> that. Like that really helped. You it could did, smoke yeah. a joint, and also, you know what? It's very good for writing comedy. Yeah. So I still, <laughs> yes, I still enjoy it. And did you get it delivered in New York? Oh, I used to get it delivered. Do you remember yeah. that weed oh, yeah. deliver? Yeah, I have. I have the number in a in a phone book. I wish I would have brought it, but uh, I rem- I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. But there was a service called Weed Deliver, right oh, door yeah. to door. Great. Oh, he had shrooms. He had different strains of weed. And then they would get there and, and tell you about them and be like, "Oh, this is our crazy. chocolate tie. It's kind of a good working high. I'm, I smoke some a little earlier. So feel good. Much fun, That's great. you know." And in fact, what we used to do, we had it down to a science. We would. Call for the weed, and we used to get pizza. We used to get pizza and Chinese food delivered. Yeah, because it's New York. Why not? Yeah, it's just so we used to get the weed and then the Chinese food and the pizza, and it would like we'd make all the calls, and it would all come together. It was really that's magic. It was a wonderful time. (laughs) So, and you're in the edible. We were talking about edibles last last week, and that's that's all you. Uh, no, I prefer I'd prefer my doctors told me that if I was gonna in just it that it should be in edible form yeah. because it's better for your throat and lungs but no that's true that's true I, but ki- it's just so potent that's the fla- thing flour is what the kids call the uh smoking it now they call flour. it flour oh. you like to smoke some flour oh that's um, nice yeah you know it's uh edibles are are very different do you do that at all not too too much i i still smoke it the old fashioned way i I've tried vaping it, but uh, yeah, no, I'm. It's it's well, not it's, cool. it's not good for you. It's like a microwave but oven, you know. The vape. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. Like you spin up a joint. You like roll a joint or yeah, pipe? I, I I still roll joints. Yeah, yeah, and do it do it the old fashioned way. But uh, you know, I used to do a lot of things over the years, and now I just do a couple. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. And you know, I. I go to the doctor and I get my cholesterol checked and I oh, God, yeah. I try to take care of everything and uh so I have a few things over the years you uh you know you you do some hard living and it you know you it does a little damage but then it's good and then you just 
you, you know, you get a little sensitive and you know what you can do and you know what you can't do. And, you know, I have my drink after I'm done yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with stuff now. Well, you know. when, 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 I was listening to One Toke Over the Line in high school. I mean, right. 71. I was driving a 71 Pontiac. Sure. Did you drive in high school? Yeah, I drove. Well, you mentioned a, uh, did you say, a, a, what'd you say? Did you say Mustang or did no, you? No, Pontiac Le Mans. No, but, but you mentioned a car earlier. A Comet? No. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, um, I had a, a briefly. I didn't have my own car in college. Briefly, I had a car. It might have a Ford Maverick. Is there a Maverick? Oh, that's what I said. I said Maverick. Yeah, I, my dad had Maverick. a little that's Maverick. Right. It was a really. It was a white Maverick, cool. but it burned like oil, like crazy. <laughs> and one day, I was like driving to meet to go get a train in New York, and it like. It, Blew up on the highway. Did you smoke weed in high school? Not really. No. Not I mean, really. I tried it. No, I tried it once. Do you know who gave it to you? Do you remember that? I, I, sure. I remember my very yep. first joint. Do you remember your first yeah. joint, Maggie? No. But I don't think it you really. Don't. I don't think it really did anything to me. I did. I smoked some in in high school, and um, I smoked some in college. But it wasn't until I, you know, it was later. I dated a girl who smoked it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is good." <laughs> and it was again. It was New York, and I was like, it, it was older, and I was a comedian, and it was like a good, you well, know. My I think college girlfriend had a little dealing business, like, and then oh working at the haunt, we had some big time people coming through there with some big time Jamaican. I bet. Oh my god! Well, there that's was a, that's a movie. There Jesus. were there were drugs at Ithaca College that I didn't. I was you know I was poor in college, like, but there I had seen people doing cocaine. And oh, stuff yeah. like that. There were some think, rich kids. I think I maybe school. did it once, but but uh, in college. But then you know, once you got to New York, that was one that was. I my my stepdad available. smoked weed. Uh, it was it was in my family, but the first time I went up a tree fort across the street from my grandma's house in Binghamton, New York. Uh, Tim Whitney and Mark Greenley, who were big kids, they were older. They were up in the tree fort, and and I mm-hmm. climbed up and I smelled that smell, and I was familiar with that smell. Yeah. And I just remember Tim Daly, who kind of looked like the kid from Bad News Bears, the, the 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 greaser with the motorcycle kid, James Earl, whatever his name is. And uh, I remember Tim Daly just raising up this this smoldering joint, which was rolled in a in a in a United States flag rolling paper. It was like and wow. passing it to me. And I was just like my head was just in the tree for it. I remember that so clearly. Wow, maybe it's just me. No, I mean my parents smoked when I was young. And so, but they also smoke cigarettes. So I couldn't tell the difference between the smells. Right. And I was a late bloomer. I didn't really, I don't think I saw my first bag of weed until I was 22, 23. Oh, yeah. yeah I had w- no idea. That wasn't my, my parents weren't, you know, my uncle was, I had, my mother's brother was, you know, a younger, more of the 60s. They were the 50s, my parents. But they, in the 70s, they drank, I mean, w- dur- while driving, like, <laughs> with, <laughs> I'm I'm talking about glasses in yeah. the car with ice cubes in them and liquor. Yeah, I in remember them, that. With it on the dashboard, yeah. driving to the restaurant with the drink in the hand. New York State Police That's would pretty... escort my grandfather home. From the, it was from the... it was a different yeah. time. It was a different time, and they <laughs> smoked, and everybody smoked everywhere. That's like real pre gaming right there. It was a game on. It was, yeah. like, it was the game never stopped. <laughs> the game was going. It's like the longest game of Monopoly. Well, you know the thing about McDonald's in the seventies had a Coke spoon. Do you remember that? What? It was a they had a spoon that was like this long, a plastic spoon. Right. But it was like a little tiny Coke spoon. But they served it with their Coca Cola. 
It was a big, tall That's spoon. That's right. I never even that put was, that together. It's called a Coke spoon. But obviously somebody was cool over at McDonald's and was like, hey, man. Let's fabricate this. We're, we're going <laughs> to serve me. the Coke food. Trust me, Coke you need the longer this. straw. <laughs> yeah. The longer spoon straw. That's right. Right. Like, why would you need a spoon for your Coke? <sighs> for your Coca-Cola. But yeah, it's on the internet. Do they put that? That's what they put in the McFlurries now, I hope. Probably. But I, no, no. But it was really. That's a big It was an actual. Shovel. It was a real. Tiny, you put a little. Flake. A little tiny Coke spoon. It's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. Wow. A little bump. Yeah. Well, <laughs> learn something new today. This is what it's all about. Yeah. This is great five. Great songs. Those great really great. Yeah. Well, I would love to play a little game with you. Sure, I don't have the... This is how it works. It's called Band Name or Bar Name. And our guest from last week has come up with a location that David has researched and come up with two names, one of which is the name of a bar, one is the name of a band, and we have to figure out which one is which. That's that's right. That's right. I used to do this at the Rebar in New York. I'd take the Village Voice up there and I would read from the Village Voice. Am I reading the name of a bar or a band? It got a good response. And so here we go. (laughs) Um, Last week's guest, Wolfie, uh, Roosh, uh, took us to Zimbabwe wow. and uh, oh, yeah. Africa. And um, so I spent uh, all week this morning um, researching <laughs> Zimbabwe. And uh, <laughs> I found two, uh, two zingers here. And uh, Danny Vermont, you'll be working along with our lovely host, the amazing Maggie Mayfield. And put yourself in Zimbabwe. Okay. <laughs> and I come by the, the hotel lounge and meet you guys. And I say... You want to go to flirt and check out. Sorry. You want to go to flirt and check out Yangna? Yangna? Or do you want to go to Yangna, have something to eat, and check out flirt? Because we're in Zimbabwe. Okay. And, I mean, we got to do something. We're not going to hang around the hotel. Yangna is Y E G N A. Okay. I got it. Yangna. Okay, and then flirt what? is spelled F-L-I-R-T. What do you think? I think, well, it's it's pretty simple. Oh, no! I know. Come I on, no we had a ringer. Well, <laughs> because um, it's, Yenga is the, is the uh, club. Yenga is the club. And, you, and the band is flirt. Why do you say that? What do you know? Because... Um, I agree with him, whatever it is. <laughs> the, no, because in other countries, any American word... Well, is is gigantic. Like when you go to Japan, like they wear totally, yeah. shirts that just say flirt, oh, flirt, yeah. you yeah. know, or anything. Is that why yeah. Juicy was born? Juicy, Juicy. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss, you know, kiss. Yeah. And so that that plays big in other parts of the world. And so, of course, you know, the band, you could, and if anybody, if my friends came to me and they're like, hey, you want to see my band, Ying Yang, or whatever it is it's called, I'd be like, you need to change the name of the band. Yegna. 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 It'd be like, no, no, thank you. Wow. So, 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 so <laughs> Yegna. But that's a good the, bit. That's the, a good the, bit. The, the Yegna being, you're saying, is going to be the name of the, the, the restaurant. Yeah. Yegna. And Flirt is the band. Well, Yegna. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you guys to meet me behind the Edna Mall across the street from the beer garden near the police station at Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Where we're going to go in and have drinks and a little bit to eat at Flirt. Oh, oh no! Oh, no! No! no. That totally, was such a sound I, reason, yeah. too. 
On, and guess who's <laughs> playing? It's the five-member girl group Yangna. Well, they should change their name immediately. The role. They, they aim to enhance the role of women through music and performance and will use some some of the grants from uh, a radio drama that they produced and are playing. It's only 16 pounds to see them. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, live in Ethiopia. Ethiopia's premier all-girl band. Gotcha. Actually, Yegna gotcha. was almost on my top five. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get them in. I couldn't get them in. I, you know, they're busy in Ethiopia. Danny, your so. job now is to take us on a journey somewhere throughout the world where we can. Next week's guest can play bar name or band. Oh, so you just need a town? A town. It could be in the U.S., Canada, UK. Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh, Scotland, where the great comedy fest is. Right. Yes, okay. I, I I went there one year and had a great time. It I hear it's really, wonderful. Oh, it's a magical time if you ever get. I they do it for a whole month. They do it for a whole month. Wow, so, so. that's cool. You're aware the the comedy festival there, right? There's so many of them. You this in, is amazing. This you worked amazing. in Glasgow. Yeah, I was teaching, teaching. I was an educational gig. Yeah. Oh, because those are there. That's rough. Like yeah. Edinburgh mm-hmm. is the. Um, Glasgow's the rough town. Yeah, d- like they'll 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 heckle you and well, I, beat I you was up. I was in a private school teaching. Right. Do you know what the Glasgow kiss is? What? Where a person will come up and take their forehead, right, no. and bop you sure. right on the bridge of your nose no. with their forehead. No, no, no. You know, you want the yeah. Glasgow kiss? No. Bow. Oh, and yeah. It's a, it's a or they say Glasgow. Glass, go. Oh, they, I'm doing a throwing motion. Yes. Not, not very good for radio. I, I don't have a Scotch accent. I can't bring so, it up. But, um, but yeah, it's, still, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Because you can see shows I, you know, around the clock. You can do shows. You can see shows. It's really kind of a lot right, of fun. That's where we're going to go next week. I Thank you for playing Bar Name or Band Name. I like that game. Yeah, I like fun, that huh? game. Brought to you by Your Name Here. Email us at ytuneshuffle at gmail.com if you'd like to sponsor the bit or the show. Guilty Pleasure. What are you enjoying, either musically, what's on repeat in your car, maybe something that you're watching on TV that you just can't get enough of? In in my old age, I'm I'm falling asleep a lot watching TV, but I have some, I have some, I watched that for, first 48 hours, were we talking about that? Sick, yeah, 40, first 48. Well, I don't know, somehow my channel got on it. They, I, I wish they could do that show in a half an hour, but they, <laughs> no, they had to make you, yeah, it's a long time. String us along. Um... <clears throat> You know, I watch. I you know, I have Hulu and stuff like that. So I'll watch the. I love the Odd Couple. I watch that to death. Those oh, old nice. shows, yeah. yeah. You know, um, what? But the first forty hours is kind of. I was surprised Danny Vermont watches the first. Oh no, hours. I watch some some crap stuff to just to, to get my mind away. This guy Jackson Galaxy, the cat whisperer. Do you know him? <laughs> He's this crazy guy. Like when. <laughs> People have problems, like they move in together, and his cat isn't getting together with her dog, you know. Oh. And so he comes in and he solves everything. Uh, he's like a cat whisperer. We need that kind of program. But he's a very interesting guy. <laughs> and of course, they, you know, it's a reality show, so they oversell it and they make I'm it saying. seem like, like there's all this drama that like they're gonna break up. That's hilarious. It's they kind of around animals, and that's why we love it. And it's all about cats and stuff like that. I'm more of a dog guy anyway, but it's fun to watch them on. On TV, so I watch a little of him. I just don't equate a person of your stature <laughs> and what you do for a living, which we haven't even brought up. You know, you've been with the Bill Maher show for like, oh yeah, the, you've been on that for years. I've right? been a, a lo- there a long and time. And when you're not writing this biting, critical, <laughs> excellent humor, you're watching a cat show. Yeah, you have to. You got to turn. That's what yeah. TV's for. That's what yeah, TV's yeah. for. No, I mean this idea where people always come to us. 
and they say, uh, oh, you know, uh, I get my news from you. It's like, yeah. you, no, you get your news from the new. You know, okay, you okay. shouldn't be getting your news from com- from comedians. Interesting. You really shouldn't. I mean, well, where can you get your news from these days? It's hard. It's hard. I, you know, I I watched a little actual news this week. You know, I turned on the TV and watched some CNN and MSNBC. Big election tomorrow. <clears throat> yes, we'll see how that goes. But, no, but this is interesting because I was I, I kind of copped a little bit of an attitude because I'm like, we're getting our news from comedians. And then to hear that directly from you. No, 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 Dave. You're not supposed to get you're not supposed to be getting. Your I'm news learning from something. Comedians. Right no, it's it's not. It, that's we're, we happen to be doing that a little bit. But really, that's bad. People need mm-hmm. to be getting their news. And it is out there. You just need to get the New York Times or The Washington Post. You have to read it. It's not. People want their news read to them for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Alexa, read me the news. But you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you really have. It's the, it's not that difficult to stay to stay current. You can do it very quickly. You don't have to read the whole story. Yeah. They have the headlines. Mm-hmm. Cool. They have the first paragraph. I mean, they actually have it mm-hmm. that way, so you can quickly get I, the news. I, I've, I've gotten over a resentment. I yeah, I mean, man. yeah, people are people are not really – yeah, people should find other ways to get informed. For being as tuned in as we are in society, we are really tuned out. There's too much. That's not really what the news is supposed to be. The news is supposed to be, well, here's the news, everybody. You may not like it, but it's the news. <laughs> You're not supposed to like it. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to – it's not a TV show – that's supposed to get ratings. It's not a thing that's supposed to make us laugh or feel good. It's the news. Yeah. It's, you know, these are the top stories of the day. But how are we supposed to make money, Danny Vermont? Mm. Well, that's the problem. The yeah. news shouldn't make money. and that and Neither should politicians, but we're going to end that discussion there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and now we got one more little segment here. Yeah. So let's bring it full circle back into music. Ba-boom. I would love to hear the story of your very first concert. Ever. My very first concert. Oh, I, you know, it was probably Billy Joel at the Garden yeah. in New wow, York because, like, nice. that was very. I think I had seen some small, you know, some smaller things here and there. But that was an official Ticketron type thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that was very big, and um, yeah, he was very big when I was a kid, yeah, and, and stuff like that. And even he had that song, "My Life" in the seventies, which was like. You know, now he gives them a stand-up routine in L.A. Like, that was like, that was like somebody talking about stand-up comedy before the comedy boom. That was like the yeah. late 70s, and the boom didn't really happen until like 82, 83. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of in on it, and he kind of dressed like a comedian with the, t- the little loose right. tie and the jeans and yeah. Yeah. stuff like that. And he was a funny guy, too. A lot of musicians are funny. Yeah. Anyway, the Beatles were all really funny <laughs> the guys. they made. Yeah, and their their <laughs> movies were, you know, comedies. Billy Joel. So he was very big when I was a kid. So you know, and so I followed him a lot. I went to see him at uh, Dodger Stadium over the summer. He was, Did, didn't Billy Joel do Good Night Saigon? Yeah, that, I mean that was a song that I played over and over again with a high school buddy Pat Conley, like weeks before we were going to the military. And and obviously we were oh, in Reagan's. Shit. We were in Reagan's army. Went to basic training right out of high school. But we would play Goodnight Saigon as an homage to like our only reference really to what we might be getting involved in here. Ended up getting trained by Vietnam veterans, but there was yeah. that, that that song is Oh yeah, that was a very that was a good that was yeah. a good one. Well, you know, he he has some poppy stuff 
Um, but he's a direct disciple of of the Beatles, and he kind of has no bones about. You know, he hasn't written a song and. You know, in forever, and he and he'll he says that he says he's a new father for coming out, and mm-hmm, he keeps do, yeah he keeps doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> there's hope for some of us older guys. You know, um, what about but, the what about the last concert you were at? Well, that was Petty. That's right. That was yeah. Tom Petty, and was last one? it was just a great show. He uh, was in really good spirits, and he was very funny. Thank you very much. The whole night. <laughs> yeah. And um, who'd you go with? My sister, and we sat in the garden section. It was yeah. really nice. Wow. Although, you know what? Actually, I think I saw Ben Montench after oh. after Petty passed away at Largo, which I, I see a lot of shows at you Largo. Did. How, I, I mean, yeah. And he's great. He's there all the time playing yeah, for I, other people. He did a solo show, so I just went down to see him. He didn't mention anything, but he did his two Mud Crutch songs and... He's cool, you know. Very cool. That yeah. that that whole band is very cool. That, yeah. You know, it's a it's an interesting group, and he was, you know, a, a cool guy. Yeah, it was very a shocking death, but you know what? All these guys die, but hey, the music lives on. So it's not like they're dead. It's mm-hmm. like it's and like live on a shell at Y Tune Show. Hey, the only thing is, Petty might have had some more hits. Damn straight. So he really knew how to write them. Wow. So. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing your Fave Five. Thank you for having me. They're pretty cool. I know you've got a couple of big shows coming up, and I would love to hear you. What's your corner of the internet? How can we find you? How can we find where your shows are? I will be at the Comedy Store on Tuesday the 12th in the main room at 830. That's a really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful room. On Wednesday, the following night, I will be at the Comedy Store in the belly room, and the show is 10 p.m. on the 14th. The following night, Thursday the 14th, I'll be at the Public House in Los Feliz. It's a 10.30 show. On the 19th, this is my little winter tour, I'll be at the Comedy Store, the Belly Room at 10.30. And on December 30th, I will be at the Improv at 10 p.m. That's a great show that I do every year. Well, this is your break. And and I'll be back in New York for a couple days. Maybe I'll have some dates in New York. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Danny Vermont. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. 